Welcome to The Pulse, where we delve deep into the issues and ideas that are shaping the future of education. I'm your host, Rick Cernsey, Superintendent of the Putnam County School District, and each week we'll be talking to teachers, administrators, and other experts in the field about the latest trends, best practices, and most pressing concerns in education. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or just someone who cares about education, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the pulse. Well, welcome. And this is an interview with Robert Ripley, head football coach. Now, are you still considered interim football coach? Yes, sir. Interim head football coach at Crescent City Junior Senior High School. And it is truly a pleasure to talk to you. I don't know if you and I have actually sat down and have a one-on-one conversation, but it is really nice to have you here and hear about Crescent City football. First, before we get started, talk to me a little bit about your background, yes, your sir. coaching career, your so you know, your educational career, and so on. I'm from Bonnell, Florida, Crescent City, Putnam County, or no. They've been in my spectrum for a long time, whether it was playing against Black in high school or, or coaching against Crescent City when I first started coaching, those kind of things. I walked into the gym when I was a sophomore and saw my two PE teachers in pure out sweating playing ping pong, and I was like, how do I get that job? <laughs> That's what I want to do every day. And both of them were, um, one of them was a head wrestling coach, one of them was a head baseball coach. And 20-year-old Robert Ripley would have told you he was going to be the greatest baseball coach ever live. And that's what I set out to do, and that was my kind of my jumping point is that I wanted to coach baseball. And and I did. As soon as I graduated college, I, I got a job at FPC, and I was, you know, assistant coach and head JV coach. And we get to a district final and played DeLand in the district final. And Michael Main was pitching, and he had 16 consecutive pitches over 92 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. That no matter what I did, I can't, I can't beat that. There's nothing that I can do to, to to stop that. And I'd had a really good mentor in Steve Allen, who was the head football coach at FPC at that time, who said, "Why don't you come on over here? I think this is more of what you should be doing." Mm-hmm. And I followed that, and I went and did that. He kind of gave me the keys and let me do some stuff that maybe I shouldn't have been doing at 23, 24, 25 years old. Got excited about it. Been chasing it ever since. That's great. So how long have you been a coach now? It's my twenty second year. Holy cow! Yeah, wow. Twenty two years. Unbelievable. And you you started out coaching baseball? Uh, yeah. So my my first love was baseball. I tell everybody that that it was what I wanted to do. It's what I dreamed about. I collected baseball cards, all that kind of stuff. It was just something that man, baseball was my first true love. We didn't have Pop Warner and Flagler when I was a kid, so mm-hmm. there was no like if you wanted to play football, you had to go all the way to Ormond. Mm-hmm. We had to go to St. Augustine to find it, and my parents weren't those people. We were we were right. not chasing sports like that. And so the first time I played football was in eighth grade because my parents got divorced and my mom moved to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And so I got to go to DuPont Middle for a year and mm-hmm. played football, and it was the hardest thing that I'd ever done at that point in my life. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And Coach Thibodeau was my math teacher and the defensive line coach, and he's, he got mad at me one day, and he was like, I don't want you to ever miss practice again. I got on the bus and went home one day. He goes, you should never miss practice. You're too good at this. Don't ever miss practice. And I never miss another practice. Wow. And I've started every game. I've started every game since that I've ever played it. And it's just something that it, it was fun to be a part of. The physicality of it was something I needed in my life. I still enjoy it every day. Well, and just that, I guess that uh, the comment from your coach about not missing practice has kind of established a work ethic in you. Has Correct. It? And it's something that I've implored in all my players that, you know, missing practice, is, there's no excuse for that. You know, there's there's a lot of things going on in life that you can control. 
So uh, tell me about, you said you went to college. Yes. Uh, where'd you go to college? I went to Upper Iowa. It's a little D2 school in the middle of nowhere. There's actually been a couple of Crescent City Raiders to go there as well. When I went there, they were Division Three. They were in the process of transitioning to Division Two, And I got recruited to wrestle. That was probably my best sport in high school. And when I got there, I saw the football program and the football team. And I was like, man, I, I, I could be on that team. And walked on, made the team, played a bunch. What position did you play? So I started off as, as a fullback and a tight end. And then they moved me to defense because I was just couldn't bait myself and uh, I needed to go play defense. <laughs> so uh, I went and played defense for three years for Jeff Engel, who was our D-line coach, and um, did, a, did just loved the whole the whole spectrum of college football and the training and being up at 6 a.m. and going to study hall, going to class every day. I got accepted at Florida State, but I knew if I went there, all I would do was hang out with my friends. So yeah. it, it, was, it was definitely where I was supposed to be. Well, and uh, being a Florida boy, going to Iowa, that had to be a big change. First time I ever saw snow. You know, that's funny you say that because my older brother played, uh, we both played high school football, but he went on to play college ball at a place called Centerville, Iowa. Okay. And uh, we're talking late 60s, early 70s, so he had never seen snow either. Yeah. So that was quite a culture shock. He went on on to play at a couple other schools after that, and he and I coached together some too, but – yeah, moving moving out of Florida and those uh, elements has got to be really. Uh... It made me realize how nice it is here. <laughs> That's why people move here. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's really good to to have you here and and a little more about you. And first of all, you know, you talked a little bit about your coach and how he's motivated you. Tell me, uh, what are some things you do, both on the field and off the field, to motivate or inspire your athletes? I think the biggest thing right now you'll see with our group is the acquisition of shirts and and gloves and they call it swag or drip and um, it's it's there's a fine line of how you want your team to go on the field but it's also a really easy motivator it's something that they want so you set the expectation you set the goal you know you need to do these three things and then i'll let you choose what you wear those kind of things and they really want that they 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 believe that that's part of you know, the process and how mm-hmm. it's going to help them and make them feel better. And that old adage, if you look good, you play good. Yeah. And y'all won this past Friday night, right? We did. We did. Uh, played played very well on defense. Um, did some great things on offense. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to keep that ball rolling and see if we can have a good week of practice and head down the road and play interlocking. I know it goes without saying that Crescent City has gone through a lot of tragedy the last few years and just unbelievable what's happened there. And, of course, with the passing of Sean Delaney, who's very much loved and cared for and, you know, some of the other gentlemen gentlemen in the past who've coached there. So how how do you think that has impacted the team and, and the entire school with passing of Sean and just some of the other coaches that yeah, and you're all aware of that, I know. Right. Unfortunately, we've dealt with our fair share of loss. Losing Coach Delaney the way that we did, I think it, it, it kind of galvanized us in our own way. There was a lot of want to be there and want to – to keep the good things going that mm-hmm. we put in place, not only from our players, but from our coaches. Um, and I think that that's one of the pieces people don't understand is how community-based our coaching staff is. We have seven guys that graduated from Crescent City on our staff. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of love, there's a lot of respect for the community and the pieces mm-hmm. that go into that. And understanding that you know when you have a loss that was as, as tragic as Coach Delaney was, you, you have a few choices, and, and one of those is to, to go to work. And that's what I implored to our kids is we're, we're just going to go to work. 
we're going to honor him every day by coming out here and working his butts off. And for the most part, I've we've handled it as about as good as you can. The other pieces of the puzzle, losing losing Coach Cook and losing Pooh Bear and those kind of things, it's, it's just hard to keep yeah. taking those punches. So, yeah. you know, you, you feel for these guys, you feel for these the community members and, and, and guys like Tim Ross and Fitzroy Henry and and Keenan Henry who have they're lifers. You know, they yeah. this is what they know, this is what they love, those kind of things. So you want to take care of them, you want to respect that process and you want to make sure that you're you're continuing the good things and, and headed in the right direction. Well and I will say just you know being being in this position and just having uh, contact with the, the community of Crescent City, it is truly a unique community, isn't it? As far as how close they are and just the way they really love on each other. I think it's it's one of the few places left that still has that hometown feel. That, that being from there, growing up there, going to school there, that matters to those people. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of places lack that. It's it's nice to see it. It's nice to to hear the good things. It's nice to see the community outreach. It's nice to see the stands full every Friday. You mm -hmm. know, those pieces, you know, and you go to our soccer games and, and they're full whether they're home or away. Mm -hmm. Those those things that that's what makes school culture and, yeah. and, and we are all invested in that piece. You know, speaking of school culture, I'm very happy to say that we're going to start building a new Crescent City Junior Senior High School pretty soon. What are your thoughts about that and, and kind of the, what's everybody thinking? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be very exciting. It's definitely something that I think about daily because of, you know, our, our current weight room situation, um, the practice field that we are going to be losing as they, they uh, start construction. But I think it, it's it's going to be a shot in the arm for everybody. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it should be a sense of pride. It should be something that they should be excited about. 1968 was a long time ago. Yes, it was. And, and that building has serviced and done some great things for a lot of people. Yeah. But the, just the thought of the technology that could be infused in a new building, the opportunity to have a brand new weight room and have it designed mm -hmm. a certain way, storage and all of those pieces you know it's, it's going to be a prideful thing for our community and, and our kids you know that the, there's seventh and eighth graders walking the halls right now they're going to walk out of that new building and, mm -hmm. and be the first graduates and that's that's exciting it's got to be exciting too for you guys that work there because you know you'll have a little bit of input of what that school will look like and we've already you know gotten a lot of input from tim adams and his staff so i, I just i can't wait for the groundbreaking to see it all happen I apologize for putting it off a little bit so we can get through football season. We just don't, we, we need some place to practice. That's kind of a part of my dust kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But what's going to happen there is really going to be exciting. Talk to me about, uh, you know, being a former coach myself, you know, we have to really focus on student athletes. You know, their students first and their athletes and just as, you know, individuals. How do you really get – the kids to focus on what's the most important that is their academic future so I, I'm, I'm very fortunate I have two really good assistant coaches that you know keep up with that pretty much the entire time and one of the things having football class gives us a chance to kind of check in on each other and gives me an access to every one of them in Skyward and whatnot and one of the things that I focus on with them is just, you know not that we don't want D's and F's we don't ever want those but I focus on missing assignments. If you have missing assignments, there's no way that you can have a passing grade. It, you know, so if you're turning in everything and you still have a D, then we need to get you a tutor. We need to get you help. Mm -hmm. It's it's a comprehension thing. Then it's you know mm -hmm. you're doing all the work and you're 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 building a relationship with your teacher and doing those things. 
then then we can get you some help. It should not be a lack of effort. Correct. Right. And, and we talk about effort a lot, every day of practice. And, and one of the things that they've heard me say, and I preach to them, is we're going to be good in the classroom, we're going to be good on the grass, and we're going to be good in the community. Mm-hmm. And those things matter. And, and for the most part, uh, you know, we have, we were over 3-0 as a team last year, and I know Sean was super proud of that and, and posted it and, and sent it off to the state trying to get those mm-hmm. academic acknowledgments and those kind of things. And I think we'll be right around there as well. We've got some Cambridge kids that do a great job. Um, we got a couple, three, five high guys that mm-hmm. are really doing a great job. And one of my favorite things right now is every senior that has shown aspirations and wanting to play college football are, are full qualifiers right now. That's great. They've got test score, they've got a GPA, and they have done the work to do the NCAA clearinghouse. So that's great. There, there's a lot of good pieces, and, and that's that's a tribute to Keenan Henry and Mickey Gilliard, who are on these kids every day and every chance they get about their grades. And you, and you can realize real quick the ones who care and the ones that need something else. Mm-hmm. But tell me, uh, you know, especially being in coaching for 22 years, I know you've got stories or examples of kids who have really gone on to excel in college, maybe playing college ball or maybe in the NFL or maybe just successful in life or in business. Uh, any examples you want to share with us? So I have – have two former NFL players that, you know, Willie Harvey from Menendez was very fortunate to have him. Coach Turner got him as well. Um, then I had Marty Gilliard at FPC, who was the first ever NFL draft pick from Flagler County. And so um, that was a huge deal. And, and Marty played tailback for us, and I was an assistant on that team. And his story alone is probably going to be a movie someday, one of those Hallmark or Disney Channel movies. Uh, you know, he got kicked off the team at Cincinnati when Butch Jones was the coach there. And then when Brian Kelly got the job, he was living in his car, selling cutlery and knives, wow. trying to make ends meet to put food in his belly. And one of one of his teammates got him into the office and said, Coach, we need this guy. And, and Marty committed to doing whatever Brian Kelly wanted. And he found his way back on the team and was a two-time All-American for Cincinnati. He ended up getting drafted by the Rams and playing with Sam Bradford. And those things um, had had some time in Philadelphia. Andy Reid tried to bring him to Kansas City when he first got there. Um, he, I think, he just retired from the Arena League. He he has played a ton of professional football, and his story is he can go on a speaking tour. That's and I, he does do that. Or write a book, you know. Um, Willie also does that. Willie Willie does some speaking, and there's the, you know I had a kid at Matanzas, Andre Bodison, who was a full JUCO guy, went to went to JUCO, fought through that. Went to New Mexico State, fought through that, fought through COVID, you know, and doing a great job. Um, th- those stories that, that you know, how you deal with adversity, the perseverance of dealing with, you know, the bad things in your life, that I've had a couple of those that have excelled at understanding that this ain't the end. It's just, it just ain't where you want to be right now. Right. It's a journey. And and to live in a car and, and overcome that adversity uh, is, is truly inspiring. Unbelievable. Yeah. Married, has two kids now, doing great. Um, coaches college football. That's, really? that's, that's his main gig is wow. college football. That's very inspiring. I appreciate you sharing that. The group I have Crest City right now, I think my favorite thing about them is they actually like each other. Like you, you've all seen staffs and, and kids and they're kind of, you know, they're just there. They're, they're doing their job and they're going home. This group, we almost have to kick them out of the locker room. <laughs> they enjoy razzing each other. They enjoy talking to each other. They have group text messages and, and, you know, some of the things that come out of their mouth, they just kind of put your head down and, <laughs> and chuckle and just keep on walking, you know, because 
it's it's just who they are, and and they enjoy each other, and that just makes you know makes it sounds like a big family, does correct? It? And it and it's it's easy to go to work that way. And you know, it's like you say, a lot of those uh, student athletes may not have that support at home, and that is their family. I mean, that is that is where they they find that peace and contentment. I'm sure. And I, and I think that's one of my the pieces at Crescent City that you know our, our coaches do a great job. Mm-hmm. One of our coaches is taking two of our players under his wing and, and the stories we get and the smiles we get. And he's, it's actually his birthday today. Jamar Walker's birthday is today. Um, he, uh, number 44 for us, who ran for almost 100 yards last, last Friday. He, he got to go to the, to the Japanese steakhouse last night. Oh, that's coach, cool. Coach Troy, and it was the first time he'd ever been. And so you hear that, and you hear those smiles that, you know, you're... I bet when he saw the flame and all... That's exactly <laughs> where I was headed. He, he'd never seen that before, didn't know what to think of that. And so it's, it's pretty cool to, to hear those stories from our coaches about these kids that, you know, we're trying to just show them a few things, experience a little bit of life, and get them across the stage. i never forget taking... That remind me of a story when I was coaching. We'd always take our kids out to eat prior to the game and uh our, our one running back ate about 10 biscuits and he wasn't worth a flip that night <laughs> yeah we, we've got to the point where at christmas city we we feed them on thursday we, we carve them up on thursday and we're real light on friday for yeah, that purpose yeah, right there exactly sometimes you just kind of want to play hungry <laughs> so uh you know and i like i said i've been a coach before and i know Coaching football, coach baseball, coach baseball too, but football especially is just consuming. I mean, it really consumes your life and, and all of your time year-round. I know off-season workouts and all that goes with that. But personally, what do you do for those out there listening? What do you do to kind of decompress and just to kind of have some peace? <laughs> I think that that's the piece that I'm not good at. Like, I can't turn it off. <laughs> So I, I've done a better job as I've gotten older about going on vacation. It's good. Taking two weeks and go do something that I want to do. This past summer, I went on a baseball trip. I went to Boston, I went to New York, and I went to Chicago. And spent two weeks, you know, just kind of seeing the cities, doing that kind of went thing. Went to the, uh, the Major League yep. stadiums? And, and went and saw, saw the Red Sox play the Rockies, and then saw the Mets and the Yankees at City Field, and then saw the Cubs play two teams. Um, so I played Baltimore and Pittsburgh while I was there. And uh, Chicago was by far and away one of the coolest cities I've been to. It was yeah. just very clean. People were very nice. Um, learning how to ride the L to get to where you were trying to go was, yeah. was an adventure. Um, you know, I've been to New York a couple times now, and it, it, it's, you know, you get where you're going and you stay there. <laughs> Chicago, you, you wanted to walk around. You wanted to see what else was going on. And, 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 and I think that that's the piece for me. You know, I, I got a lab at home. That's kind of he's kind of my buddy. I go yeah, out and see yeah. him and try to forget about the world. But it's so accessible right now. You know, we can watch film whenever we want because it's all yeah. online now. When I first started, I can remember getting in a car and driving all over the, the area and trying to find film and pick this film up and meet this guy at this handy way. And well, now you got to go to New Smyrna and get this, and now you got to go to Gainesville to get that. It's not like that anymore. We can text and we can call somebody and get film. So. You know, it's kind of called the 24-hour rule. Yeah, we won on Friday, but in 24 hours, we got to start prepping for the next one. Right. So. And I can I can remember coaching back in the 70s and 80s. We'd have games filmed, and it'd take them all night to develop them. you have to go to Gainesville and pick them up, and that brings back memories. So. Wow. Uh, so tell me this. Um, tell me about your family, your family and all that. And uh, You said you had a lab so, at home. So my, my son is sixth-generation 
but now Florida. He is 16 years old. He is a junior at Matanzas High School. He has lived on that side of Palm Coast his entire life. My nieces, I have two nieces, both of them graduated from Matanzas. My sister is 11 years older than me, and she is the best grandma you ever met. That's what <laughs> she, she loves. My mom is still with us. I lost my dad almost eight years ago. That's about it. That's pretty much my family and that yellow dog at home. <laughs> His name is Dodger after my favorite baseball team. Oh, that's great. Labs. Yeah, I love labs and all but. And by the way, I went on the, uh, I was in Boston a year ago and I went on the uh, Fenway Park tour. How was that? Yeah, it was great. Did they, did they take you on top? Did you yeah. have to go to the monster seats? So that's, got, got to sit next, in the monster seat. Next time I go, I'm going to splurge and yep. I'm going to spend the money to sit up there. And I went to Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, yep. I call it, and I uh, went on that tour, saw all the trophies out there. I, you know, other than Monument Park, I thought it was sterile, very kind of almost bland, to mm -hmm. be honest. But I loved Wrigley Field. I felt like it was, you know, it was 1950 when you walked through, and they had done a great job of cleaning and doing and making Wrigley Field fun. But one of my favorite places I've ever been is Dodger Stadium. That's a, that's a homer thing. I really like the Dodgers are my favorite team. But when they built, you know, during COVID, I'd had plans to go out. Of course, they got all canceled and all that. But they had built a front door. That Dodger Stadium's never had a front door. It was always mm -hmm. kind of segmented. Like if you were on the you know the left field line, you kind of stayed on the left field line. The right field line, you stayed over there. If you were in the outfield, you couldn't go into the main part of the stadium. Well, now they've connected everything, and then they have a front door, and it's excellent. And it is picturesque, you know, with the the mountains in the background. Oh yeah, beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, and the weather is. Phenomenal. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of uh, going back to Yankee Stadium, my son and I, my son played college baseball over at Flagler you know, 20-something years ago. But he and I got together and went to Yankee Stadium to watch Derek Jeter hit number 3,000. Oh, and we're standing in line, and all of a sudden, here comes the rain, and we get rained out. Oh. So we had to fly back that night. So the next day. The yeah, next day he hit it. the homer. And guess where he hit the homer? Where right where I was sitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy made a, a very nice paycheck. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah, that could have been me, but, yeah. you know. But I love baseball and just – you know, just going to the old parks mm -hmm. and all that. And, you know, speaking of uh, baseball history, you know, we used to have a famous baseball resident here in town. Yep. I actually, I, I drove by Babe Ruth's house the other yep. day. I, yep. I, heard, I heard about it, wanted to see where it was. And there's a TikTok guy that has that does, like, Lost Florida. And Palaka is one of his top, top topics as he talks about mm -hmm. the barge thing that they were trying to do mm -hmm. and the Babe Ruth stuff. Yeah. And then all the industry that was here in, in the 40s and the 50s. Black and Putnam County, but a lot of history here. You know, they had the big fire here at one time, and so a lot of the history kind of burned up. But there's, especially sports, you know, baseball and football, very notorious. Yeah. yeah. Tell us uh, maybe something that I haven't asked you. What's something that you want the folks that are listening, maybe from Crescent City, what are some people you want them to know about Robert Ripley? That... Just because he might not be smiling doesn't mean he's not happy. <laughs> I, I push myself harder than I push anybody else, and it's, and it's not that I don't care or don't want to. It's just so much as it's laser-focused, trying to get stuff done, trying to keep moving. It, it's not a facade. It's just a temperament of there's something always that can be done, something that can always be better, something we could do for our kids, something we can do for our program. And and for the most part, the relationships that I've built, you know, over the 40 years that I've been there, I've, I've played out much better than, than maybe my face of my sideline antics might, <laughs> might, might call or, or look upon. So 
just know that we're going to keep working. We're going to keep pushing. It's going to be the best thing for our kids. Well, now that reminds me a lot of your principal sometimes. <laughs> he, he's kind of intense too. And you know what? I respect that. I really do. I, I think that's one of the reasons why we get along. I think yeah. that we're very similar in that nature of wanting to do more and, and as much as possible and as fast as possible. And sometimes that's where you get yourself in trouble. Sometimes you just got to slow down. Well, and I can't be more happy about everything that's going on at Crescent City Junior High School and especially your athletic program. And uh, I know right now I feel really good that you're, you know, you're running a show down there and I, I just see great things happening with Crescent City. Well, I appreciate that. And I couldn't do it without the people that are there giving us the opportunity. Our kids work hard. Our coaches work hard. Um, we got a good facility that needs to keep going. And mm -hmm. that's, I think that that's at the forefront of what we're trying to accomplish. I know that our community's invested in that idea, and it's time to put some money where our mouth is. Robert, thank you for being here. Yes, I've enjoyed talking to you, appreciate learning about the, you. Appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Come by anytime, okay? Yes, sir.